Yesterday you sent me a couple of files. Yes. Um, one is, I've listened to both. One is a before and one is an after of an event that happened a while back now. Back in February. Back in February. And when I listened to it, uh, I had quite a few questions about it. So I wanted to just sort of ask you a bit more about it and expand on, on what, what was going through your mind at the time. Um, we've actually got some of the footage, like I mentioned, but it's not the best, guys, so I won't be putting it all together. It was on Apple headphones, to be honest, um, on not- a drive back with a window open. I wasn't really thinking that the quality element, it wasn't really the problem that I was dealing with at that point in time, so it just happened. Okay, that's fair enough. So let's let's have a listen and we'll go from there and let's have a chat about what was going on for you. Let's just go through the event from the start. So what, what was it that made you want to record what we're going to talk about yeah so i went through a hiring stage back in august last year a year ago basically did you um yeah um (laughs) got some good people got some bad people um (laughs) (laughs) uh, no uh, everyone that we we took on was um great but the company we're a startup there's no ignoring that and we change quickly and part of the nature of doing that is the requirements of the business change so I had a chat with someone, gave me some advice. And about a month ago, I was having coffee um, with a chap called Simon. Um, someone that knows me fairly well. I don't know if I spoke about him on a previous uh, podcast episode. I think I did in episode one. And I explained to him the pivots that we're making as a company. And we're, we're really drastically changing our revenue model. Um, and he just advised he says look when when a company changes direction especially in a startup that's changing fairly often it's just the nature of the beast just make sure that the team fits the need but the fact of the matter is is when you get hired it's because you bring value to a company and as the founder it's my job to keep the engine running like i need to keep this thing alive and moving forward and the way I see it is in the early days, I took next to no salary. I, I sacrificed that. I still take very little salary because we've got to keep the money in the business. So one of my responsibilities is to keep that money in the business. I need to make sure that every member of the team is adding the value we need them to add. And from that advice, it kind of sat with me and I started to reflect on what the company was doing. I was getting, there was more demand on me to be very much aware of my management accounts because we were to start doing a VC round so that was all coming clear so when you're doing stuff like that it was a really kind of high pressure point on the financials and making sure that everyone was delivering the value that we need for the company and when we made the hiring decisions everyone was but we began to get better and better and better Uh, and then we pivoted and we understood the market we need to be in and then I just had to reflect on what the team we had at that point in time Uh, and sadly one of the roles um, was very much focused on one side of a marketplace that we understand now that we can't win in until we win completely on the other side. Yeah. So the homeowner and trade side, um, we can't do both. It's very expensive to do the homeowner one, but we can get much more traction in the trade space. And there was one role that was specifically around helping build the homeowner side of the business, um, largely through social media. Um, and the event was I just needed to let that person go because it was a cost base of the business that I I didn't feel like it was going to add the value in the next 12, 24 months. It wasn't needed. How much of it was gut feeling? Because you took a chance on us when you hired us. And how much of it was based on the metrics, as it were? Uh, Really good questions. Um, So in respect to, once I understood the direction of the company, it was very clear for me. I just made a simple organizational chart and what people do to 
affect the end goal. Mm -hmm. um, like here's our core competency, here's our KPIs, and then map everyone's job role out and see how do you fit into this. But then you've got the flip side of it is I'm a big believer in when you find great people, regardless of whether the company role changes, normally that person adds so much value in some respect that as long as they're not five, 10 years into their career, which none of the guys were when they joined in August, um, you just hold on to good people. So there's this kind of argument in my head in terms of this role isn't needed, but is this person worth kind of fighting for? Mm -hmm. um, she was only on a part-time basis anyway. It was three, four days a week because she was still at university, just finishing um, that course. And if I'm being really honest, I didn't feel like there was a specific role in the company now. And I didn't feel like the skill set would be needed for the next 12, 24 months. And there was also two people in the team that were helping towards those KPIs. And you were one of them yep. at that point in time. And when it came down to it, I just looked at who, weird saying this to you on the podcast, out of both of you, who do I trust more to deliver what we need in the future and to grow into the role? And that was yourself, uh, which you've clearly done. Uh, you're handling lots of client work now. And so it was 50% metrics and 50% on the person's growth in the next 12, 24 months and whether, whether I think they kind of grow with the company at the same pace. Okay. I think the one thing I'd, I've got to bring up is I think that it's common parlance that we know that this person really wasn't as much as a team player as some of the people we started with. Yep. And how did that affect your decision? Because it's one thing for us to think that because, you know, no, no one's perfect. Yep. But as a small team, did that was that a massive sway factor for you as well? Yeah. So when I say kind of 50% on the metrics, 50% on growing with the team, I didn't necessarily mean just the skill set. Yeah. Um, we, like you say, we are such a small company and we are a small team. When you've got five, eight, ten people, is one person that doesn't fit with the culture, stands out like a sore thumb. Um, and in terms of coming to work, doing the KPIs and hitting the numbers, yes. But there wasn't that ethos, there wasn't that atmosphere compared with anyone else. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it was very much clock in, clock out. And just as a general rule of thumb is, I didn't pick, it was my fault because I should have picked that up early on. Um, and then focus on it. But I didn't really realize what the red flags were in terms of when you take someone into the team, I was more focused on the output of the work rather than actually thinking about how they're interacting with the rest of the team. Um, and that was sort of because I was new to it, um, completely new to managing and hiring people. And now there's certain things that would become red flags for me. And one of those is like just the team dynamic um, and the fact that it's come in, do your job, go. Uh, we're a startup. Sometimes you have to work late. Sometimes you have to do other roles. Uh, sometimes you have to just muck in and help out. And knowing now, if I saw someone do that in week one, two or three, we've got an intern now and I'm really throwing them into the deep end to see how they interact with the team um, and really dragging them into the thick of it. And that's because lesson learned for me is they need to engage with the rest of the team and not just work in a silo. Um, so 50% of the decision was based on that, to be honest. Okay. So before we go into the second part of the recordings, were you 100% sure or what kind of doubt did you have before you pulled the trigger and executed on that the day of the day after? So it's a difficult one. Is I wanna, My gut feeling was to say I wasn't 100% sure, but I was, I was 100% sure that it was the right decision. I wasn't 100% sure that I was going to do it. Uh, and that shows a weakness more than anything. You think? 100%. When, when I look back at it now, is you can't think about one person in respect to when you know 100% that they're not right for the company, the emotional side of it shouldn't shouldn't get in the way just because we're a startup, we focus on cash flow, we focus on revenue. Um, we, we need to uh, get, get rid of burn rate. So we need to get to break even as quickly as possible at that point in time. So for every one month 
that I'm paying that person's salary, whether it's part-time, full-time, a CTO, whatever it is, is that is money that is being taken away from this pot that could extend the life of the company or could allow us to do other things or allow us to bring the right people in. So you're actually doing a big detriment to your business if you're holding on to people that regardless of whether you want to hurt the feelings or not, or whether you say, I'll do it in three months' time if they don't do these sort of things. Yeah. Like For every single day, never mind month that passes by, it's costing you money, which means it's going to be more time to find the right person in the future. And it's this domino effect of bad things that happen when you hold on to people that are a, a bad culture fit and the role isn't needed. There's a lot of things that can get in the way of it. Um, so for me, it was 100% that I knew I needed to do it. I wasn't 100% that I'd come in and do it. I think in your defense, though, it's back to a previous episode we were talking about that when we moved into this office, we all kind of started at the same time because the team grew together and we all started here. Yep. You know, it, was, it was the base. But I mean, the culture itself was still developing. So I don't think it's fair to say, oh, it's a complete weakness. I think in your defense, I think while that was still in sort of the primordial soup stage, it must have been quite difficult to see what was culture and what was you know, just the decision of itself. Yeah, exactly. And there was, obviously there was a dynamic that was, there was a few different dynamics that were taking place. I mean, you had uh, five of you starting at the same time. Um, and then we had Harry join a relationship through me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was a couple of different dynamics, but what I saw very quickly when Harry joined is that he settled into the, your sort of dynamic, you, you, the team dynamic, he settled into that. And it's really when that happened that it wasn't like, oh, Harry's my mate. We've got, we go back. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of that definitely. circle. Like he became one also, of us. He became like one of it. you guys. Um, and because of that, it made the other situation stand out like a sore thumb. So come January, mid-January time. And when I say it like that, it's not too bad because I execute on it in like the next two or three weeks. Um, but I, when I knew, that's when it was like, oh, I actually need to deal with this now. Uh, the best advice I got was just cut to the chase. So don't open the conversation up with uh, a nice discussion or a chat um, because things can like things could get swayed and the chat and the person might say something and then it might change things. I'm not sure, but the advice that I got is just get to the decision. So it was very, very quickly into it and it was, um, I've got to let you go. And then I went into the reasons why and... It was especially difficult as I don't know if I said last night because I was talking quite a lot, but it was it was mainly it was mainly down to the direction the company is going and nothing down to performance. So you mentioned there that the importance of getting to the, the decision of just getting it out there and saying what you need to say. Yep. Were you tempted to sort of start with sort of niceties or did you you know what made you think that's the best thing to do? What's the, what is that advice you'd give to people out there that are listening and that might have to do the same thing? I think it's. I think the reason that I wanted to go in with that attitude and it was important for me is I would hate to sit down with an employer, my boss, who warms me up, asks how things are going, um, and then gives it the softy, softy approach. And that's probably just down to my personal attitude, but I just, I feel like the bulk of the meeting needs to be around how you move on past that and what things need to be in order. Um, Not lining it up as if it's a, I think if you go into it realizing and being like uh, skirting around the subject. I feel like if you go into the meeting like that, then you probably haven't got the conviction that you should have. And it also opens up the kind of negotiation atmosphere. That it's not quite set in stone when it needs to be. Exactly. Um, if you open up the meeting and then you're doing the nice teas and you go, oh, I've been thinking regarding the way they come, and you do all this shit, what, I, what will actually happen is that person might think he hasn't made his mind up yet. I'm going to make a case to why I should stay. Um, and I don't think that should ever happen. I think if you go into the meeting, 
if you go into the meeting and say things aren't working out and you're not going to fire them or let them go is that meeting dynamic will be very different because you're actually going to help them. You're going to build their career. You're going to set some KPIs. You're going to build some training into it. But when you know you're letting someone go, there can't be an idea of they can stay. It's here. I've made a decision. Um, now the reason I want to meet with you is to work out how we move on from this. Um, I've got to ask, you know, did this person put a case forward? No, um, really didn't, which I, I didn't know whether I expected it or I didn't, but this person felt like it was coming. Uh, so when we sat down, she said it didn't come as a surprise, um, which I, I didn't really know how to take. And looking back on that, that's probably a fault of mine is if, if there's a person in this team that feels like they're going to be gone soon, um, I would one, expect them to address it with me. Um, and two, it means that I'm not managing as closely or as, as productively as I should be. No, I, I agree with that. It's, I remember that the, there was a similar situation around that sort of time where you mentioned that some of those things we were doing were kind of interlinked. Yep. And there was, there was a few tasks that you also mentioned that weren't really, they were sort of there to see what was going to happen. And there was a time, I'll admit, that I thought, oh, actually, maybe, I, maybe I, there's not a place for me here. But at no point did I ever sit there and go, I'm not working hard enough, or I would have fought tooth and nail. <laughs> I really, but I would have because I it mattered. Oh, I because know. it mattered to me. And it, it, I'd have, it, even if it was like set in stone, that's what it was, I'd have walked away, like head up, going, I tried my, my hardest. And I think that's what's strange for me to kind of get my head around. Not like get my head around, but yeah. it's, it's, well, a, it's hard for me to see that. I think that's just more of a uh, sort of a result of that meeting. It's more of a reflection on you and the reason you're here you have a clear passion for what you do. And it just showed that when the decision was made, it was very blase, it was very passive. And when that happened, I thought, shit, um, it took me way too long to get to this decision. The thing is for me is when when I when I, took, when I take anyone on in the company, it's a commitment to them that I'm going to put their salary before my own. I'm going, to, I'm going to make sure that I bring in the revenue to pay the wages. And then when the sort of blase attitude took place, I thought, hmm, like, it made me feel a lot more at peace with my decision. But I also thought I need to execute on stuff like this a lot quicker in the future because I've just wasted three, four grand um, in terms of, and that could be used on something else when I really knew three months back, um, gut feeling, um, I should have executed on it a lot sooner. But there was a bit, there's a big learning curve. There was a culture dynamic that was changing and I was, it was big learning for me. Um, So yeah, no fighting back. But I wasn't expecting us to leave on as good as terms if we did. I mean, I really, I wanted to, but I didn't know whether that would be the case. So it was left on good terms. So what were you expecting? Because you, you mentioned there that you weren't quite sure where it was going to go. What were, what were you initially expecting? Oh, um, I don't really know. Um, was it screaming? No, obviously not screaming. But was it, was, <laughs> yeah, it could have been. Was it a slanging match? Was it a... So it, I, I kind of thought it's gonna, this is going to go one or two ways. It's either going to go very passively, not blase, but passively. Okay, understand. Um, or it's going to go as flipping the tables. Uh, it's your fault, poor management, didn't realize what I was meant to be doing, X, Y, and Z, name everything under the sun. So I think I kind of went in with zero expectation. I think the only thing that I went into the meeting with was an understanding of I need to address this instantly and then do what I can as um, sort of a an employer that this person has given up time, helped with the startup. Like, what can I do to make the transition away from the company as easy as possible? That's that's the two things that I went into the meeting with is like, how do I address this instantly so the rest of the 9% of the meeting can be, how do we make this a smooth transition so it's not painful for either one of us? And what came out of it more than anything is this person is a social media PR person and 
this has given them kind of the kick to they always wanted to start their own agency and as being part of a startup actually has motivated them in the last four or five months to actually want to bring that forward so their plans after having a good chat was in a couple of years time is to start their own agency and when when they left today they actually decided that they're going to try and start that as of today so after having a conversation with her and you know like you're saying dealing with it head on so you could kind of move forward you helped her sort of make the next step the right step for her yep how, how did that make you feel Oh, it was great. And I, I think it's more of the case of kind of making anyone in the, in the team understand that regardless of whether this is the right place for you or not, like you're never going to get the door slammed on you on the way out and then you're dead to me. Like everyone who comes and like signs that initial contract is making a commitment. And I appreciate that. And it's whether you want to do something else in the future or you want to go work for someone else because it's a better career opportunity, whatever it is, if you're the right person, I'll fight tooth and nail to keep you here. Um, but after that, if I can't, I will always support as best I can. And because this was new to me, I thought, well, that's what I believe. I just need to prove it because anyone else in the team is going to know there'll be communications. I didn't know how much you guys spoke. So I wanted to kind of draw a line and say, this is what I'm like. If you're not set that precedent, exactly, exactly that. So that was important to me. Uh, And in terms of how it came about, it was, I wanted to kind of get a, a feeling for, which part of the role that she enjoyed, which part of the role she didn't, and what she was thinking about. Like that that instant feeling when you know you're not there anymore, your head is automatically thinking about where you need to go to. So I just thought it was a good opportunity to work out where her head's going to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it worked out she wanted to do more freelance work and, and build up that sort of agency herself. Um, so I wanted to help as much as I could. I wasn't expecting this day to end as positive as it is. I'm sure uh, if this ever happens again in the future, it might not be as smooth sailing as this. Um, but I think it just shows that when you do it for the right reasons and you get those reasons across and they're thought out and you're just really open and transparent with, with the reasons, then, yeah, I think uh, I think good things can happen. And you've just got to understand that people make companies and you've just got to be fair to everyone in the company. So we've got a silver lining here and, you know, things worked out for the best in the end. Um, but if it internally, if it didn't end that way, how how would you felt how would that gone differently for you so let me just address like i know you kind of phrase it as a silver lining but when i look back on it um i don't feel like there is much of a silver lining and i'll address why but um to answer the kind of your actual question is if it had gone negatively it would have made me a lot more introspective in terms of did i do the right thing did i do the wrong thing and I'm not saying just because I got an easy outcome at the end of it in terms of the transition away from the company, that it means I definitely did the right thing. But I think purely down to being a new CEO with a team, as soon as you get lots of pushback, whether it's from staff or community or customers, as soon as someone goes big and gives you pushback, um, you're naturally going to think, hold on, am I doing the right thing or am I not doing the right thing here? It taught me to have a lot more conviction about my decisions, good, bad, or indifferent, and that's continued on for the rest of the year in respect to how I deal with clients, customers, members, whatever it is. So it would have made me probably doubt myself a little bit more, um, and hopefully I would have come through that and realized, no, right thing, right decision, right time. But regarding the silver lining, mm. uh, just to address it is, so when this person transitioned out of the company, like I got all the, all the company files and everything they'd worked on moved across to me. And there was a lot of... Uh, skeletons in the closet i'm gonna call it in terms of the numbers and the kpis that were being reported back and it just taught me that regardless of what surface level numbers are um, they can be easily inflated unless you're really tracking how they're being worked on so it really taught me about not only just giving the team the right kpis to track is understanding 
how they're actually hitting them. As in, if you set up something for a, for a team member that is a KPI to hit, and you don't know in the slightest how they're getting there, and they're just giving you the numbers at each week, and you're going, great, good work. It's shit management. It, and the thing is, is because we had a new team with, well, we had five more people into the team. There's a lot more person to manage with my own time and my own stuff to do. Mm. My level of management wasn't as good as it needed to be. Um, but when the numbers came through and actually looked into some of the social media bits that was happening, it was just a fucking mess, if I'm being honest. Um, so when I recorded the first part of this, and I said they did great work. Um, I'm not going to throw them on the bus because we haven't mentioned the name and all this, but I don't think they actually did. And that's the truth of it. So biggest lesson for me was follow your instinct, go in with conviction, but also it taught me around managing better. It was the biggest lesson I had around management than anything else. Um, because I went into that meeting thinking I'm, I'm letting some, someone go who I perceived as good as their role, uh, but the role wasn't needed. Whereas if I'd followed the numbers correctly and managed it through the way I should have, the num- she would have been gone three months earlier because there was very easy ways to game social media. Um, so lesson learned for me in that respect. So silver lining, not so much, but big lessons learned. Okay. Anything you want to add? Or? Yeah, it just kind of shows that my degree of management wasn't as tight as it needed to be when it turns out that two months before letting this person go, they'd been already starting this agency work and setting up websites and Facebook profiles and looking for work. It showed me that she knew this transition was taking place and the worst feeling in the world for me was having someone sat in my company where I think everyone's completely invested, 100% involved, really supporting each other. When I can only presume she sat in the seat and when people aren't sitting at a point that they can see the monitor, is she working on her own stuff because she's gamifying the metrics? It was like a sickening feeling to me to understand that that was happening for someone that I actually thought I trusted because I trust first and then until that's broken, then I get rid of them. Um, It was quite painful for me, to be honest. Um, Life lesson. But overall, big learning curve, and I think it's, I think it's something that every founder is going to go through. I'm not sure it's going to be the same way, but part and parcel of hiring people is you're going to hire some fantastic people, but some people are not going to be that great. So, hire slow and fire fast is the best advice I ever got given, and I should listen to it.